0: The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. <laughs> John Anik
1: and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that post the next.
2: Big job there from Duffy and Frank Meers. now. Down goes Duffy.
1: Oh, cool. does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. Hyperbole. There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are
0: your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian.
3: p.m. Eastern on the goddamn Screws, Monday, November 15th, 2021. It's episode 325, three and a quarter, Ken Flo, the Anakin Florian podcast. I made the mistake, I guess mistake's a good word for it, of saying goddamn eight minutes into a UFC telecast on ESPN Plus a few weeks ago, regrettably. You know, I talked to my bosses about it a little bit. Um, and I said it right off the top of the show here. What are you going to do? I got good energy today. Ken flows back from the mountains. He's alive, so that's good. Good to see you, kid. How you doing, man? What's going on? Nothing. I'm looking at your PFL hat. You know? Yeah, Kinda I don't want, want oh, one yeah, of the...
1: those. Feel
3: like <laughs> feels like adultery, though. Um, but you went to the mountains, as I understand it. Cody tells me you went to the mountains. So.
2: I did. I went to uh Blue Ridge Mountains up in Georgia. It was awesome. I uh, got got a little bit of that chill that that fall weather. Yeah. Uh, hopped in a river that was cold as fuck. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. Everyone was looking at me like I'm a crazy person. There are people That's, fly yeah. fishing. They're like, he's not getting in there, is he? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. getting in. Oh, wow. What a weirdo. Um, So that was cool. But anyway, well.
3: Anyone who uh, who follows you on social media knows you've done the whole ice bath thing. So <laughs> yeah. uh, river was probably just fine. <laughs> you posted something in your Instagram story at Kenny Flory, and if you're not following, I don't understand why. Uh, gas prices in Charlotte was that a joke or something? So, no, that, no, that was followed? so
2: that wasn't in Charlotte. So um, someone sent that to me. Uh, that was the price of gas in Big Sur, California. It was, and I've been through there. Beautiful part of the country, by the way, but. Like eight fifty for gas, dude. Yeah. Like it's it's getting more expensive here in Charlotte, but it's not even close. Like that's twice the price of what it is in Charlotte, pretty right, much. But right. uh, just crazy, dude. I'm it all is. about this inflation lately. I'm I'm very upset about it. I remember when
3: gas was ninety-seven cents in Natick, Massachusetts, dude. And now it's uh, yeah, almost five bucks a gallon. What are you gonna do? Crazy. Uh, did you watch Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez? I mean, are you kidding me with this sport? <sighs> I mean, Uh-oh. I don't like. When you pay for a pay-per-view and you get action like we saw this weekend, it's like, all right, well, at least I paid for the pay-per-view. It's like, I feel guilty. Like, I <laughs> what am I supposed to do to these athletes, right? Three straight weeks, the UFC has just been on fire. And as a fan, I'm indebted, right? And yeah, and I make money off of these athletes. As a UFC commentator, like, I don't know what to do to uh, pay my proper respects after a fight like this. Uh, certainly in the fight of the year conversation and yep. – I, you know, as Dana White sort of alluded to at the uh, at the post fight press conference, I think the stock of both guys goes up.
2: Brilliant matchmaking here. And uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I I think that there were a lot of questions about Yair Rodriguez. You know, is he a guy who just has a bunch of cool moves and you kind of have to watch out for his tricks? And if he catches you, one of those tricks, then he wins. If he doesn't, then he doesn't have a lot of substance to back it up. That is not the case from what I saw against someone right. like uh, Max Holloway. Again, you know, when you fight someone like a Max Holloway, you better be prepared. And if you don't have good fundamentals, you will absolutely be exposed. And for Yair, um, he was making a couple mistakes here on the ground, but more than anything else, he proved himself to be world-class in a guy that you do not want to uh, mess with if you don't have a deep, game. If you don't have a layered game, you're gonna be in trouble against someone like a Yayur Rodriguez. Um and I thought that in defeat he looked phenomenal and absolutely his stock was raised uh in losing to Max Holloway. It was five rounds of just tremendous mixed martial arts thoroughly enjoyed it back and forth. Holloway again proves to be one of the most consistent performers in the UFC win or lose he's an absolute beast um, and the UFC is just lucky to have him. Yair
3: Rodriguez is an incredible case, right? Injuries obviously have been part of the narrative. I'm glad you use the term world-class because he could go be a champion somewhere else for sure. And I think in a different UFC era, You know, I watch Yair Rodriguez and I feel like on any given Saturday night, I'm looking at a world champion. And of course, Volkanovsky is the champion looks like there's going to be a trilogy against Max Holloway, who for me, Max is still, uh, the greatest featherweight in UFC history. I think it's a three-man race. I mean, nobody really cares who has that distinction, I I guess, except me right now, but with Aldo and Holloway and with Volkanovsky creeping, um, you know, it's an incredible division, but Yair in defeat, uh, really makes a case here as an elite, elite featherweight. And I'd like to see him fight Jose Aldo. Actually, I know Aldo has Rob Font coming up and is in a different division right now. Um, Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, you know, every time I see Yair fight, you know, I, I know he's fast, But the thing that stands out every single time I watch him fight, I go, oh, shit, he's really fast. He is very explosive. It's something uh, that really surprises his opponents as well. I don't think Holloway was ready for that pacing early on. And we talked about that, of how dangerous Yair is early on uh, with his kicks, his punches. Um, He looked very sharp throughout the fight. And and again, uh, his speed is, is something to behold, man.
3: You talked about the matchmaking. They put this fight together at least twice, and I'm glad it was preserved. And you heard Max Holloway say after the fact, like, you want to beat a guy like Yair Rodriguez who is widely avoided. And you can understand why Rodriguez is widely avoided, right? He'll put you on the wrong end of a highlight in a minute, you know? Uh, And certainly, Yair got off to a great start tonight. Um, He's must-see TV. Max is a future Hall of Famer. I thought it was pretty cool, the dynamic in the Yair Rodriguez corner after round four. It's like, all right, We need to finish, you know, game plans out the window, go unorthodox. I mean, that's the messaging that I think needed to be there. Um, So possibilities are endless for Rodriguez when healthy. But for Max Holloway, I think it's pretty clear right now that it's going to be the trilogy fight with Alexander Volkanovsky. And, you know, we talk about emotions being on fights. And I feel like the Gilbert Burns fight was a harder navigation for Kamar Usman than the Colby Covington series, right? Because there was a different emotion on that fight. And I think because this is the third meeting, because of the nature of the second meeting, there are going to be some different emotions on this Volkanovsky fight All for right. Max Holloway. You got, you can't go 0-3 against this guy. You just can't do it, you know, even if the world thinks you're 1-1 on paper. So uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the calendar seemingly aligning now for, uh, for Volkanovsky Holloway
2: 3? this is what you want if you're Max Holloway, but at the same time, and and now you don't want this mentality to creep in, but, right, we'd be foolish not to talk about the fact that if he loses this one, that he's not going to get a shot in the near future, right, with Volkanovsky as champ. It's just not going to happen. So then Holloway needs to do something in regards to, you know, refreshing his career does he go up to 155 pounds does he now seek the super fights because he absolutely can get them i mean right yes, uh, there's yes. the conor mcgregor fight looming and all the other stuff so it, he's not in a horrible spot but as far yeah. as being a champion again at 145 pounds it is absolutely do or die and, and yes i i thought he won that rematch against volkanovsky but oh and three is oh and three right so um not something he he wants to uh you know, being there uh, with, uh, you know, against Volkanovsky. But uh, Volkanovsky also uh, is a guy who continually learns from his fights, gets better all the time. I think we would have another banger uh, of a yeah. championship yeah. fight there. And i um, really curious to see how it goes down and when it goes down.
3: Yeah, I think both guys would be so motivated for finality, try to have it not be a close fight. And uh, again, both guys, not that they're developing fighters at this stage of their careers, but both are getting better with every fight. I mean, look at the way Max Holloway has responded to that second Volkanovski meeting, right? The signature win, the historically great win over Calvin Cater, and then following it up, beating a dangerous guy like Yair Rodriguez, all the respect in the world. Like, I don't even know what to say to these athletes, honestly, you know? Like, what am I supposed to say to these athletes next time I see them, you know? Can I have your autograph? You know? <laughs> Thank you. Here's a C-note, you know?
2: I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, and good luck pick and fight of the year, man. I, I mean, again, uh, it, it, this – This division at 145 pounds, you know, has a few of them, you know, with Holloway and Volkanovski and Ortega and all. I mean, this division has established itself as the number one or number two division in the UFC, in my opinion. Uh, I think they're just loaded with killers. Yeah, And uh, what a fight we had on Saturday night yet again.
3: I'll probably go Chandler Gaethje. So uh, when you're picking your fight of the year, as everybody knows who listens to the annual AFPA awards, we can't pick the same fight. So I'm probably <laughs> going to uh, have my pay per view bias. You got to go tease through. them more,
2: John. You can't do I know. Give, what am can't I doing? give them that info.
3: I'm trying to, to help Cody chase sound down all early. Right, all right. All right. So, uh, well, congratulations to Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Back-to-back weekends, it feels like potential Hall of Fame UFC fights. And all of that coming on the heels of UFC 267 and Glover Teixeira winning a world title and uh, Piotr Jan doing what he did and uh, won Hamzat Shimaev. What are they doing with Hamzat, by the way? Hey, listenership, 888-627-1343. List of lines open. What are your thoughts on Hamzat Shimaev? Why not talk about Hamzat Shimaev, right? Came across his name. Seems like Gilbert Burns has an appetite for the fight. Um, Bilal Bilal. Fuck. That's going to get me forever, man. Bilal. My man, Bilal Muhammad. He's been Bilal forever. And now it's Bilal Muhammad fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So it doesn't appear those guys are going to get Hamza Chimaev. Um, What do you think, man? I mean, is that what is going to be Gilbert Doreno Burns in a in a welterweight title eliminator for
2: Hamza? I, I think that's a hell of a fight, man. That's a hell of a fight. And it's a testament to, to Gilbert Burns, who's like, yeah, let's do it, man. Let, yeah. let, let's see what this guy is all about. Not a whole lot of people, again, as we discussed, are asking for that Hamza Chumaev fight. Um, and what an opportunity for Chumaev. Uh, you know, if he goes out there and beats a guy like Gilbert Burns, especially if he's able to do it on the ground, then, uh, you know, it, it, then it is absolutely clear that we have something special in this kid. So, I don't know. I, I, I love the fight. I <sighs> I'm a little intrigued by the Nate Diaz fight, but I don't think that's the right fight for Nate, if I'm being honest. I, I'd prefer to see Nate yeah. in there with someone else. I know uh, that was a fight that Dana was curious and, and, and kind of asking for or, um, you know, maybe teasing about. But uh, I, I think the Gilbert Burns and Chimaya fight is the is the way to go.
3: How many head coaches think that the Chimayev fight is the best one for them, right? Because the upside is obvious, right? Like when I see fans come out and say, why is Gilbert Burns going to give the number nine or ten guy in the world the fight? Because Gilbert Burns is number two in the world. Do I really have to do this again and answer that question? Mm -hmm. Why Gilbert Burns would give Hamzat the fight? Because it's as big a fight in the division as there is outside of a championship because Hamzat is all the rage. Am I wrong? Is that promotional hyperbole? Am I going to get in trouble again? You know, thankfully we have guys like Bilal and Vicente Luque and Gilbert Burns that all would take the hamzat Chimaev fight, you know, right. but if you're on a championship trajectory, you know, like if you're Vicente Luque, do you want that fight on December 11th? Because Hamzat has made it known to the world that he wants to fight, you know? Sure. Um, and certainly if you're Vicente Luque, you were just tabbed as an alternate for a title fight. Granted, only had 12 days or so um, and resultedly missed weight, but if you're Vicente Luque, Maybe you call for the hamzat Shimaya fight and and you get it. You're probably getting a championship opportunity. I don't know. Didn't intend to go that route. Let's pile on Herb Dean for a little bit instead.
2: Well, Well, I'd like to piggyback on that a little bit because I kind of feel like, you know, with Hamzat and all the hype behind him, I I think there's a lot of benefits to these guys that are coming up to go out there and go, you know, listen, do you want to fight him now or do you want to fight him later? You know, Never. and when there's, you know, so fight him now if you can. And with right. all that momentum, try to throw, you know, throw them for a loop, bring some experience that you have that maybe Hamzad hasn't seen before and you can surprise him and, and, you know, whatever, you know, take advantage of that situation, that lack of inexperience. But I don't know. I, I mean, again, I, I kind of see it like when I was fighting Roger Huerta and everyone was behind Roger Huerta and yeah. Huerta was on the front cover of sports illustrated. And he was kind of the golden boy at the time. And, Maybe I di- I didn't need to fight him, or I did. I don't know what our rankings were at the time, but I remember like I was like I want to fight that guy because everyone thinks he's really good and everyone's behind him, and I think I was ranked above him, and and that was a fight that I felt would benefit me because he had such a huge fan base. Anytime you face someone, you have the ability to take everything that that kid has, his ranking, you know, potentially his money, um, uh, you know, his fans. All those things are an opportunity for a fighter, and. You're either, you're either trying to pad your your record, you're trying to play it safe, or you're going for it because you're trying to be the best in the division. So, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a tricky approach for, for some people, I guess. What
3: well, was that, August 2008, Target Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Look at you.
1: One?
2: Look
3: at you. That was a win yes. over Roger Huerta. Clean 30-27, too. <laughs> I mean, total fucking domination for Team Florian. And incidentally, the first live event that I ever went to Uh, first UFC live event that I ever went to, the first mixed martial arts event I went to, uh, immortalized behind me there, Saturday, February 10th, DeSoto Civic Center, Tunica, Mississippi, Elite XC1, Frank Shamrock and Henzo Gracie in the main event. Um, But my first UFC event, Ken Flo over where to, one of the easier fights to score, incidentally, (laughs) in UFC history. Um, No, and I I love the fact that, that Bilal and these guys want, this fight Bilal publicly has come out and said it. I wonder on from a betting perspective, right? is Bilal a bigger underdog against Chimaev than Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Bilal might be favored against Thompson, mm-hmm, right? He's not mm-hmm. going to be favored against Chimaev, you know? Um, so if you're Ali Abdelaziz and you want Bilal Muhammad on a championship trajectory, what's the easier fight on paper? it so Hamza Chimaev or Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you know? Because uh, a manager and a head coach probably wants the easier fight, right? If they accomplish the same thing. I don't know if a win over Wonderboy accomplishes the same thing as a win over Kamzat Chimaev. Um, and I better check myself before – Mr. Muhammad shows up at my front door. I love you, man. See, I'm promoting your ass. That's all we're doing here. Um, all right. Marcos Rogerio Pezao de Lima. Certainly anybody who has followed his UFC career uh, is happy to see this man succeed and get a big knockout like this. And unfortunately, a lot of the shine is off of it um, because Herb Dean kind of went in and stopped the fight and then didn't. And as Dana White said, after the fight's um, you know, you can't touch guys. That's that's kind of the end of the fight. Um, so you were able to watch this back. Obviously, you watched it again this morning. Um, we congratulate Pazal on a big knockout over the king of Kenosha, Ben Rothwell. But uh, obviously, people are, people are talking about the end of the fight more than they are talking
2: about the win. Your thoughts? Yeah, listen. I, I think that, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if we're rating stoppages, it wasn't the worst stoppage. However, right? Uh, Rothwell was clearly hurt and going down. Um, I would have liked to seen it play out a little bit more to see if Rothwell, a veteran, a guy who has come back from situations like that, uh, was able to come back and fight his way back to his feet. Um, But he was never given that opportunity because I think Herb Dean got a little too jumpy. And again, literally bear hugged uh, Paisal from behind and tried to lift him off. once. But then he kind of let go and let them fight again. So obviously he can't do that. Herb Dean. There is a point where Herb Dean, I thought was one of the best referees in the game. Um, I don't know if it's um, maybe a, a different mental approach that has happened. You know, more more of a lackadaisical approach, or where he's maybe not as in tune as he was before, or maybe he's just doing too many fights. I, I don't know. I I, I don't like criticizing referees because that job is so difficult um but yeah that's just a tough situation to be in man um for a fight for the fighter you know I I feel more for the fighter uh who was not given that opportunity right Rothwell but I don't know man that that was uh that was yet another mistake from Herb Dean well and it's
3: hard for us right because in some part in whatever format we are paid to talk and be critical and yet I would also say that I am on a shuttle to the airport with Herb Dean right and I consider him an acquaintance if not a friend right but there are times when you need to be critical you know even with the whole Dan Hardy business you know uh, Herb Dean was the one who went over to the broadcast booth you know and man did Dan get a raw deal but yeah. at UFC 251 Leon Roberts was the referee for Piotr Jan against Jose Aldo and Leon Roberts was wildly criticized or roundly criticized I should say for not stopping that fight sooner I think it was a, a late stoppage in round five for Jose Aldo and Leon Roberts ret- tired after the fact. I don't know that he's even gone back to refereeing. And I think in some part because he felt like, you know, not that he had lost a step per se, but when you start to be indecisive and indecision yeah. creeps in, then maybe you've lost your fastball and you can't be in there. I mean, you should see the criticism coming Herb Dean's way from fighters like Aljamain Sterling, right? Like you can't come in and like almost bear hug pays out and then not stop the fight. You know, like it's not basketball. Um, so I don't know. I do think that this is a, a an, an opportunity for him to reflect. But um, uh, yeah, not not a great
2: night for uh, for a good dude. I think I think that's a great point. Uh, again, we're not um dealing with uh, tiddlywigs here. This isn't a board game. These right. guys are fighting uh, hard. Their lives are on the line. Their careers are on the line. Championship fights are on the line. Their legacies are on the line. There's a lot on the damn line. And making a mistake like that could potentially um, have some horrible consequences for the fighters involved. So, yeah, I, I think that takes a lot of, you know, introspection uh, from a guy like Leon Roberts who's saying, do I still have it? And I think that's the kind of question you want to ask yourself. Am I able to do the best job possible and keep these fighters safe and everything that goes with it?
3: And I was in an airport lounge after UFC 251 on Fight Island with Bruce Buffer and others trying to sort of, you know, pump Leon Roberts up, you know, and Dana White sort of did the same thing after the fact, you know, because it does happen and it is an exceedingly difficult job. Uh, And. I think any of us that work in this space of open ourselves up to criticism and it comes our way and you deal with it and um, you apologize if necessary. And uh, I think the the hard thing and, you know, Longo's issue, obviously, is just that there's no accountability and there's no public forum and people decline comment. You know, we did an interview with Justin Gaethje and he talked about Mike Beltran and the eye poke and what. Justin and I believe was a, a mishandled situation by Mike Beltran, and he chose not to address it, when pro by MMAfighting.com and others. And we have officials and referees who listen to this podcast, and we're very appreciative, you know. Uh, and I think part of the reason they listen is because we do play it straight, you know, and we try to treat everybody with respect. But um, there comes a time where we have to uh, to be critical, you know. Dude. Maybe we'll do referee of the year. Maybe we'll do referee rankings at the end of 2000. Oh, I like that it. would be fun, huh? Let's do it. That would be fun. Uh, Leon Roberts, incidentally, has not refereed since UFC 251. 251 per uh, Tapology. Uh, hat tip to our executive producer Cody Merrow. All right. One segment that has been part of this show since episode one in April of 2015 uh, is the Ray Longo minute. So, so why don't we get to Ray? It's
2: now
0: time for the Ray Longo minute. I
1: want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The
0: Ray Longo minute. John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast.
3: Venom gear for RPL on a Monday.
1: Where are we? Where are we? Setting yourself
3: up, handsome.
1: What happened this morning?
3: (laughs) All right. So this one's on me. I want to see if we can center your face up, if possible. All right. So are you at the gym? Are you at the gym?
1: Yeah, I just got to the gym.
3: Okay. So I apologize for my my lack of of communication uh in terms of what time you were going to be coming on the program today Apology uh, accepted. I, I did i did <laughs> try to communicate to the masses that since we have added the great james james Krauss to the program that we would sort of be bleeding the show back a little bit but uh you thought we were 11 a.m on the screws or something today because of my failed communication of course. and uh, you paid uh he did it
1: again didn't money. he Ray? Ray he did it again penny this is incredible to me incredible
2: at least if he's consistent. Remember,
1: remember one thing. Remember the five Ps, John. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. <laughs> and you remember that? It was Boy, no I like preparation. That.
3: I know. I know. I needed to consult with Cody about our long-go communication. But I think I take you for granted, whereas I go out of my way to make sure that, you know – with James Krause, we're on the screws. Well, my long go be there. You oh, know, so, so now so, Krause,
1: Krause is the big shot
3: now. No, not at all. Now, to we cater, what extent we are we, are we catering to
1: Krause now?
3: I told you that we were moving the show time back. He's on Central Time. He has pro practice until 11.30 a.m. Central. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm taking my uh, like so, fucking so, shirts back. I, I, you see what I'm wearing today, by the way? This is my public apology. Oh, shoot. You see, you see the screws, right? Ray Longo Minute t-shirts. <laughs> and <the laughs> podcast.com. Bunch of fucking shills. So to what extent did we inconvenience you today, right? Did you were home and then, I mean, because it's we did communicate about, we were trying not to wake you either, right? There's a lot of hurdles here to navigate. You know, I'm to text you at 8.20 a.m. when I'm okay texting yeah. everybody else.
1: We're all good. All
3: We're right. all
1: good. <clears throat>
3: so, uh, anything eventful happen in uh, in in your weekend as far as mixed martial arts is concerned? No. Well, I got a no? little
1: surprise for you. I'm coming down to Miami this week.
3: How about that? For what?
1: Yeah, wanna, I'm going to visit uh, Tony Ricci.
3: You're visiting <laughs> Tony Ricci, uh, who is a, an outstanding strength and conditioning mind. So, where, Tony lives in Miami now, is that right?
1: Uh, he's in Fort Lauderdale.
3: He's in Fort Lauderdale. That's even closer to me, you know. Oh, is it? Re- <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Oh, I'll have be, if I'm popping over, I'll look your address up. I'm I'm gonna surprise you, I'm just gonna show up.
3: That's fine. That's, That's fine. Right. You know, be careful. You walk into the garage, it might smell a little funky. We got a lot of children here, too. <laughs> so, yeah, be careful. so uh <laughs> I have not articulated myself particularly well on the program today, but I guess my overall takeaway from Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez is a bigger picture statement because of all these amazing fights. Yes. I feel just like indebted to the athletes. It's like, man, you know, to what do we owe the pleasure, right? And there's a price to be paid, obviously, for wars like this, but I feel like we got Hall of Fame fights on back-to-back
1: weekends. Yeah. And, John, just to add to something, what a – I mean – what a treat it is. If you're one of those people at the apex, who's watching two of the best guys in the world. How about that's like being in, at the gym and watching two guys kill it for five, five minute rounds. I mean, what a great fight, man. I'll tell you, you know, I got a text from a buddy of mine. says, does Jair have any chance? Uh, and I said, no, I just text back. No, and that was it. But I text what back. If I go, wait, well, I couldn't have been more wrong. That kid really his boxing. That was a really technical fight, man. His boxing, the way he moves was absolutely beautiful. And it really saved him uh, with the footwork. I think a little different than K, uh, Calvin Cater, Calvin, yep. uh, who, you know, is more linear. You know, this kid, he was he was showing some beautiful angles on the defense that were just amazing to look at. I, I think the sky's the limit. That guy could get you out at any point in time. Very, very tricky fight. And you got to give it up to Max Holloway for even taking that fight. I mean, the only Achilles heel looks like is still his wrestling, right? But besides that, he tightens that up and he can keep that fight standing. He's never out of that fight ever.
3: Kenny, I'm reluctant to say our sport, like, because why is it my sport, right? But like what for is? you and Ray, it's your sport, right? But this is like the best our sport can put forth, pretty much, right? And you're getting it on ESPN Plus, like it's crazy to me. This feels like a featherweight world championship. With all due respect to Volko, who's the fucking yeah. man, you know. But like, it's just crazy to me that this fight is happening on a Saturday afternoon at the UFC yeah. Apex. I think, right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. you, what a special night. If you're one of those VIPs in the building for a fight like that, that's going to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: That's unbelievable to me. I'm telling you, that's that's one of those things that you put on. Like every so often, back in the day, there was always those fights. It was. 500 a ticket it was actually for like the rich people I and mean, they're only going to be 200 people in attendance and they would get good guys to fight but that's what it kind of reminded me of if you were in that uh, apex i mean kenny that's crazy man two guys throwing down like that is a treat it really was it was it was fun to watch and man i could break that fight down forever there was so many things going on in there back and forth that were crazy to me
2: yeah, the, the talent—the talent pool is just the talent pool is just ridiculous, man. Uh, and, and again, especially at that division, one hundred forty-five pounds is just ridiculous. Um, and it just shows that the UFC has a ton of options to put on great fights and great main events, even if they're not pay-per-view. So uh, MMA is a, a, alive and well. It really,
3: it really is. It really, the sport is on fire. I mean, if you're, you're Yair Rodriguez, right? I guess this sort of dents the the championship aspirations at at least in the immediate time here. But uh, yeah, to Kenny's point, I just think there are a lot of big, exciting fights for this guy. Imagine if we trot this guy out every three or four months. I think the problem is his fights are so violent and take so much out of him. And more often than not, they are five rounders because he's earned that.
2: Well, he's clear and he's clearly getting better in between, in in between the times that we see him. I mean, he's a completely different dude. And again, Ray, I was talking about it earlier, how, good his fundamentals look because he was always dangerous. He had a bunch of tricks up his sleeve, but it was like, it seemed like he'd throw something then he'd kind of just throw a bunch of spinning kicks, but didn't have a jab or then he'd have a jab or didn't have any footwork. He's putting it all together where he really is a complete fighter. So
1: yeah, Yeah, and he's going to get he's going to get better and better because I think the less he relies on some of that crazy stuff, which is going to work every so often and the more he even goes more towards the fundamentals, he gets better and better this guy because you're not surviving with Max Holloway's without making those moves and oh, those shoulder rolls and absolutely. staying relaxed while the guys, you know, hit you with volume. It's just not going to happen. And this guy stayed right there. And I'll, I'll tell you, John, to your point with the uh, championship aspirations, uh, I, there was no loser in that fight. You know what I mean? Right. And And I don't think anybody would complain if you gave him, not that it's right, but I don't think anybody would complain if you gave him a title fight tomorrow.
3: I know. I, you will, know well, of course. Like even, right. even
1: off a loss. because Yeah. That, that, like, again, man, even with three seconds to go, what does he throw? A jump spinning back kick? That could have ended yeah. the fight right there. Yeah. You know? So, i yeah. I to tell you the truth. I wasn't super impressed going into that. I mean, I was always impressed, but not like yeah. this is a different yeah. level. He's very dangerous. He's going to be one of those guys I think people are going to just – because he's not a champion, stay away from. Him, you know? Yeah. Because that's. No, 100 a well, Max here. sort of
3: alluded to that, that people are avoiding Ayer Rodriguez. And, and, I would and again,
1: hats off to Holloway. He does, doesn't give a shit. He wants to stay active. He believes in himself. Yeah. And here's a guy at 30 who's still killing it. You know, yeah. after all these fights and how many years he's been fighting, you know, just unbelievable stuff.
3: Kempfo, by the way, I wasn't rapping you. I was trying to do a motion for he's putting it all together, and it like it gave like a TV. Rap well, I was repeating again.
2: myself, so I was As like, "Here if, I go no, again." not at all. As if I'm
3: some producer. Uh, <laughs> see, I'll I just. It. By the way, I just demonstrably or not like prevented myself from saying the f word there. By the way, so people think I cuss too much on the program. Some people like it. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, I just didn't say it a moment ago, and it interrupted my whole train of thought. You know, so. <laughs> Maybe I should just be more natural and Well, we don't and, want yeah, to interrupt
1: uh, your train of thought, John, let it go. Right. <laughs> be organic. Don't, All
3: right, don't, so don't we back. were we were talking about uh Marcos Hojetio Paysau de Lima over Ben Rothwell by knockout and we were talking about Herb Dean touching Paysau and then sort of letting the fight continue and being indecisive and we were sort of referencing Leon Roberts who didn't feel like he had his a game when he refereed Piotr Jan and Jose Otto at UFC 251 and he retired that night um I don't know if this speaks to a greater indecision issue with Herb Dean per se um but obviously this was a headline coming out of UFC fight night
1: yeah look I like Herb I mean so those split second eighth of a second decisions it, it sometimes it happens and you're just stuck in the wrong place at the wrong time it, didn't, it, it wasn't a good look uh but I still think herbs a great ref you know yeah. yep I know I'm not uh, I'm not giving you much on that but I I, I know That's what you're fine talking about. No, I that's just fine. Think, you know I right. mean I, I you know back in the day I would ref a couple of like smokers and stuff and right it's it's not the easiest thing to do and I never wanted to see anybody get hurt and I would tell them before that these are these are fundraisers and if I can get you out of here with your faculties, that's what's going on. And uh, those decisions, uh, you got to be really, really present, you know. So,
3: right. Uh, right.
1: I, I put them on, you know, I put them on, you know, look, I'd look at them, you know, make sure that it doesn't repeatedly happen. But, uh, I think he's pretty squared away and he'll, he'll be fine.
3: Well, and ultimately I think his defense would be like, look, man, I'm trying to do right by these fighters. And like part of the indecision is trying to give Ben Rothwell every benefit of yeah. every doubt, you know? Uh, and,
1: and, and John, that guy was swinging like a lunatic. It's hard yeah. to get in there. You know, yeah, it's not course, that easy. Of course. The guy's a big guy. And that guy was no doubt, no him, doubt. you know what no I doubt. mean? So
3: um,
1: you want to protect them and then oh, yeah. maybe he's okay. You know, it's it's
3: well, a right. Thing. Right, it is, and obviously you got to be willing to take the criticism that comes with yeah. an early stop. Yeah, without a right? doubt. More and more with every passing day. I know it's sort of against the rules, quote-unquote, but I understand why Dominic Cruz pulls a Keith Peterson aside before the fight and says, let me be unconscious, please, you know, yeah, but, because uh, okay, I got but, one shot and it's a title fight.
1: Okay, but John, you know, that's again, you're saying that, but then a couple of weeks ago that kid that was getting beat up, everybody made a big deal at it. Because the ref let it go, so we want to, we want to see Dominic Cruz unconscious. Like, no, I'm saying as a
3: fighter. I oh, if if, maybe I'm being hypocritical, but I'm saying I can understand as the athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, morale would want just say, hey, man, like if you can sort of, you know, swing them at all to just let you go out on your sword, I would want right. So maybe Rothwell got a little bit of an extra minute, and uh, I don't know. He was still. No. And
1: John Marab says that all the time. He wants to yeah, die. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. But yeah, as long as yeah. there's communications with the ref, you these guys they talk about it before the fight. say, "Look, if I tell you to move and you move, I won't stop. But if I say this, I won't stop." You know, and everybody abides. But I think it's good.
3: Yeah. So speaking of good, do you think the gym timer helps the show? Is that good for the show or no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'm I'll change my. No, I'll change my whole schedule for. Crap. Well, no, it's no. I, I mean, obviously, I knew.
3: I, I set you up to just knock me down, right? I started there. throwing like,
1: punches. I started throwing punches and taking
2: breathers every time I heard a bell. I was like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah,
3: right. <laughs> um. Chaos Williams, I just want to talk about, and then whatever you have before we let you fly. This dude, man, on any given Saturday night, I know I keep coming back to that phrase, but you talk about hand speed. I've watched the highlight a million times. I still don't see it. It was that fast. Yeah,
1: not only only that, Ken, he was off balance, and he knocked the guy out, right? He got his legs swept as he was gaining his balance. He's punching, and he still knocked him out. So, you know, power comes from the floor, right? this guy's got extraordinary power because I don't even know if one of his feet was on the floor when he punched, you know, but I didn't see that coming, man, at all either. You did have to look at it a couple of times. It was, it was quick.
2: Yeah. He's very quick, very explosive. Uh, And like you said, it didn't seem like he had his feet underneath him. Like other people normally would to throw a good punch.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, It's a gift. Uh, Every time he throws, he has the ability to knock you out it seemed like that's the way it was going down and and it doesn't matter that's the kind of advantage you have even if you have a guy who's faster than you or more skilled or more experienced you're just when when you have the ability to always be one shot or one move away from beating a dude it, it's just it's such a gift and chaos absolutely has it and he did it again unbelievable
3: Matthew Semmelsberger sitting home like, yeah, I went 15 minutes with that guy. You know, it's like a constant navigation of some real trouble. Ray, do you and maybe you could ask Tony Ricci about this in Miami. We'll fucking circle back next week.
1: (laughs) Um, I stopped the curse.
3: Sorry. Do you train for power? Right. Like Michael Chandler talks about training for power. There's definitely a thing such as natural power. um because my best friend hasn't lifted a weight in a quarter century and he can still, you know, throw me around and has tremendous muscle mass, but do you train specifically for power? And then I want to ask the, the fighter Ken, Flo, yeah. but
1: uh, I'm going to say you can train, but it's going to come through body mechanics, right? So like you could be a jacked up steroided head muscles coming out of your head. You get up and hit that baseball and you can't swing, right? The ball's not leaving the infield. Right? right. So the way I do it is I work, say I want to get the right hand go I I will go to like throwing the ball against the wall you know set different things that set up that mechanics for a hard punch and that's that's about the only thing you could do and plus you know being in shape working out every day like Chandler's an animal with the working out so he's he's got natural power I believe but power to me really comes from mechanics man you could see the skinniest guy in the world but yeah. if he can sink that body together at the right time, that shot's a bullet. You know, it's a rocket. And, you know, that's kind of the things uh, I would try to, to work on. Because I back in the day, right, I had a kid. He, he was horrible. Like, he, was, he wasn't even a fighter. He just was training. But he pitched in, uh, in college. He was a baseball pitcher. I mean, the guy's right hand was, was unbelievable. Oh, I he can't even imagine. He, you see what I'm saying? He couldn't do yeah. anything else
3: right but so right.
1: body mechanics man that motion is so natural and it comes out of nowhere it's a it it makes for power right that, kenny that,
3: how that, did you how did you navigate all that right as a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt who cut a lot of weight how did you navigate that
2: yeah you know i listen i i think that i definitely would train to try to get stronger and be more explosive um but i you know I'm the kind of guy that you know. I, I have a certain ceiling, right? I'm not going to have the kind of power that, say, Chaos Williams ever has. You know, th- right. there's limits. I think to everyone's right, uh, power, speed, etc. Those physical things you either have them, or you have the ability to improve them, or you don't. At a certain point, you you, you run into a wall. So for me, I, I was I. I was in the camp with what Ray's talking about is I try to develop my mechanics the best that I get, best that I could. What was the structure of my body as I was punching? You know, um, how aligned were my bones as I landed that, that shot as I extend? How loose were my punches in between the point yes. where I would, I would, you know, throw them out and then let it go and then retract again? So all, those are all things that you have to train. Um, but natural power is a real thing. As we witnessed, chaos Williams. So, I think it's something that y- y- you need to do both of, but it-, it really begins and ends with mechanics. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and Kenny, you know this too, I'm sure. There's certain guys in the gym, like you got to check their gloves. You think there's a brick in there. Yeah. They just, you don't even see it when they're walking around, but it's a different thump on your head, man. It's yeah, crazy. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm a big believer in body mechanics for, for just any sport. It doesn't even matter. But behind body mechanics, you have to be conditioned the right way. And, you know, strength obviously will go across the field in anything you do. But you don't want to be so strong where you're bolted up and you can't have the mechanics. Because, Kenny, that's the complete opposite. Right. All those guys you see that are walking around like that, they can't throw a punch. It, it, right. it'll, it'll feel hard but you're going to see it coming a mile away. You know what I mean? So the element of surprise with body mechanics is different. And, uh, yeah, that, that would be my approach. And it takes time. It's not a, Oh, we're going to do this for your camp for six weeks and you're going to, no, it's years, it's years of years of doing the same thing over and over again. And, uh, I think that'll be a big help or a step in the right direction.
3: So if this were a network show, Ken Flo, I might ask you right now, fact or fiction, will Chaos Williams ever be top five in the UFC's welterweight division? And I would say fact because I think his style is such that he will get that opportunity eventually against somebody in the top five, and he'll knock them clean out. It's a hard division, but I do believe that he has the work ethic, he has the the championship mentality, and I do believe that, uh, that eventually Chaos Williams is going to be a real factor at, at Welterweight. It's hard to sit here, right, and say that about an athlete who's maybe 25 in the world right now. But um, to say that I'm wicked intrigued by Chaos Williams would be an understatement.
2: Listen, Baeza is an excellent fighter. He, he's good everywhere. He's technically yeah, sound. Uh, you know, uh, I, I thought Baeza was going to get the better of him and, and and be the smarter fighter out there. Uh, he got caught trading, man. You you cannot do that against someone like Chaos. It's just he's just way too dangerous. And Red. again, Kenny, I think the fact that he
1: off-balanced him probably mentally, right. though he thought he had a little bit of a break. Exactly. I exactly. Think that's, the, that's the real problem. Is that he thought the guy was you know getting his balance, but as he was getting his balance, I don't think he expected him to be throwing. And not throwing that hard against normal people, that would have been what you're supposed to do. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And that's that's the gift that KS Williams has. How far it'll take him, who knows? You know, there's there's so many tough guys coming up now. It's it's bizarre.
3: And the gift of Ray Longo just keeps giving on the Anakin Florian podcast every Monday, even when he has a case of the Mondays like today or so it seems. No, you don't have a case of the Mondays. You got the fucking Mondays, right? <laughs>
1: the, the hell are you talking about? What the <laughs> fuck is a case of Mondays? Have you ever Mondays? seen the that? movie Office what's the, Space? What's Office the case voice? of the Mondays? Let me. Kenny Monday? Who are we talking about? Well, of- there's
3: a lot of positivity in this world right now. I won't say any names, but there are a lot of people who are like, hey, if you don't like Monday. Then, you know, you got to look what you're doing in your life. Now, I love sitting here talking to you guys, but, like, I wish it was Friday. I'm not afraid to admit it, you know, because oh, sure. I'm off you this wish, weekend. You wish so, like, case of Mondays, be... you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like an, another work week, another school week. You know, my babysitter already canceled. No shocker there. I love you, <laughs> Patrice, if you're listening. But, you know, <laughs> I'd like, the... <laughs> I'd rather it be Friday is
1: all. Case of the Mondays. I don't know, it's like, you know. Don't get hit on the button. What fucking button are we talking? We'll pay the piper. Maybe we'll pay the piper. Who's gonna yeah. pay the pipe? Who the fuck is the piper? Well, I, a, I still don't a, know. A what is going on? I don't know anymore. You're gonna pay the piper, John. Who the fuck? <laughs> tell me who the oh. piper is. Yeah. What I does that know. mean? You're gonna pay. The I know.
3: Piper. I feel like we keep sending you checks. You're the fucking piper. I don't know, man. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. I mean. Oh we use the plural again. What? Uh. Dude. I, and I'm changing that now I'm definitely seeing you when I come down. Here. Okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah. You might have to pay for the, the sins of Cody Merrow. That's
3: fine. That's fine. Well, uh, ho- hopefully your planter fasciitis isn't kicking in because I'm in a gated community. And if you think we're putting your name on the list or Tony me. put you on the, the other list, you know. Don't allow access to these New Yorkers. Um, um, all right, well, whatever you're doing today uh training i hope it 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 goes well, and uh you know again, apologies for any uh any crossed signals this morning yeah. oh, no, it's
1: I said, apology accepted, and uh I hope you do find the cure for the case of the mondays that's, <laughs> Thank you uh, Thank very you. vicious, it's deadly, yeah, especially when Friday's five four five days this is bad this is bad try to I see know somebody it's gonna be a long urging. week i will urge care they have care in the Florida.
3: We do. And you we don't do. have to wear a mask or anything. You don't even need the polio vaccine down here anymore. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Get the fuck out of here, huh? We gotta go, huh? We gotta go. Love I do, you. Buddy. right? Take, Take it easy, guys. I'll talk to you. you. Take- Came in frowning, looking for an apology. We send him out smiling every time. <laughs> uh pronunciation of the week time as we welcome on our executive producer, Cody Merrow, who is on a roll with this segment, by the way. It's good to see you, Cody. What's up? What just
0: happened? Like, what was that? I don't know. Who the fuck is the Piper? Someone (laughs) tell me. I don't know. I got to take this hoodie off because Sarah's going to be coming for me. That's the Piper.
3: Matt, Sarah, I know I probably said it on the program last week. It's so pissed at this Ray Longo fight team sweatshirt. Even if you don't want to buy one, go to Anna dot com and check out the design. We paid someone to design it right. Longo looks great. I don't know. Is that is that Matt, Sarah, who is depicted uh, with the tattoos all over his body, Cody? Because
0: Yeah, super but I said that yeah well but i said change it like that's a old that's a picture from the 70s of sarah and longo so like if you know that sarah and longo like buy the damn hoodie like rep you know rap right the
1: squad.
3: yeah right
0: and then when people exactly. are like who is that you're like oh like that was matt sarah before he got his tattoos removed like it's not
3: right that big right. A deal right we uh matt sarah is on a rival podcast you know we shouldn't even call them rivals you know fucking ridiculous <laughs> um all right so uh you're on a roll with this segment uh this flyweight will face Cody Durden as part of the ESPN Plus prelims this weekend. Came into his April UFC debut having won six in a row. He was beaten that night, UFC 261, by Jeff Molina. Nickname Mongolian murderer, Cody Merrow, of whom am
0: I speaking? Well, nickname, I think you were upset at me for the Islam pronunciation. Because I think when John sent this to me, I was like, one word, like Madonna? Like a yeah. Long?
3: Let's hear it. Let's hear him say it. Bro.
0: My name is Auhr Chilong. Mongolia murderer. <laughs> Ken Flo. My name is Aurur Chilong. Mongolia murderer. That's Aur Chilong, right? Dude,
3: oh, I'm no, giving you the point. Circle gets no a square. one's
2: pronouncing that right.
3: No one. I I I Ken Flo, I wish that if you're audio only, you just missed Kenflo's reaction. Like, how are we supposed to say that on broadcast Dude, exactly? What?
0: I'm taking the point. I'm getting out of here, boys.
3: No, yeah, that's a good one. And again, as long as you uh, are on the right syllable, pretty much, we're going to give you credit. All right, today's main event challenge is presented by OddsShark.com, the most reliable source for sports betting information with the latest odds, insight, and analysis on everything UFC. Strongly encourage you to check out OddsShark.com slash UFC to get all you need to know before placing bets on the upcoming fights this weekend. The OddsShark Fight Center is live. Great resource for fans and media alike. All the matchup information presented in a truly nice and way They're also giving you the odds from various sports books as well, so you can see sort of where prices are at different sites. Uh, and their experts, Joe Osborne among them, are very entertaining. They've also been invested in mixed martial arts for a very long time. They've been capping MMA for a long time. So check it out in advance of UFC Fight Night, Vieta versus Tate. Oddshark.com slash UFC. Don't forget the second S. All right, time to make some picks. Ketlin Viet, Misha Tate. Let's get to the main event challenge. main event challenge.
0: The Anik. time is most definitely now. Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast.
3: Glory MMA and fitness. Lee's Summit, Missouri. If you don't know, they've got 17 fighters in the UFC. Two more this weekend. James Kraus, live and in color. Congratulations, brother! You got to be on cloud nine. I mean, you had a great Instagram post this morning. I know there are highs and lows, but uh, it sounds like last night, a few hours ago, Dana White looking for a fight in the greater Denver area. Uh, you punched a couple of UFC tickets. So, congratulations!
0: Thank you, man. Thank you. It is like guys like Trey. Trey's been around. He's fifteen and four now. And uh, last night was our twentieth fight together. I've been coaching his entire pro career, so it's pretty cool. He said he's kind of my. Uh, kind of the last guy that i had in my in my uh in my junior class that of the guys you know the the generation of, of that He was my last one really so like i don't think if you came to me today and you said hey who do you have to sign with the ufc that's that's ready i don't i don't think i have anybody right now like everybody that i have is is signed so it's uh we you know obviously we have some kids coming up yet but right. they, we need sure. to add some more experience or whatever but i think everybody that i have signed and i ready to rock so tonight was a, or i'm sorry last night was a special night for me it was it was really cool
3: That's great. Well, we're happy for you, man. Uh, And it's funny, too, because I was actually thinking about asking Ray Longo on the show today. He gets sensitive, right? He's already sensitive to your presence on the show. Um, But I was going to ask him, like, who is your most UFC-ready guy that's not in yet? But I didn't want to put him on the spot. But maybe Kenny will ask him because Kenny's a little softer. All right, so uh, it's UFC Fight Night, Vieta versus Tate. We got five fights on the main car. We're going to pick all of them. You guys can go as long or short as you like. First up at Bantamweight, Adrian Yanez, minus 265. Davy Grant, plus 215. So Yanez has won seven in a row, James, 3-0 in the UFC, uh, with as many knockouts and performance bonuses. Last win by TKO against Randy Costa, July 24th. Uh, He's minus 265 here. That's a pretty stiff price um, against a very tough Davey Grant. Which way are you going, James?
0: Uh, Well, first of all, I think it's important to to talk about uh, last week was a, a very swift reminder that I don't know fucking shit about this. <laughs> sport. So, uh, it, man, I feel like this week, I feel about I feel this week about like I did last week, to be honest with you, like there was nothing I love. I said it on the show. I think there's nothing that I love last week. And God dang, I wish I would have stayed away from it, uh, but I didn't. Um, so when I look at, when I look at, I, I feel like wh- whoever makes the lines on these, it's almost like they're taunting me because they make it like I have a, I have somebody that I like in it, but they make it just expensive right. enough right. that I don't right. want to play it. Yep. You know what I mean? Just and whoever makes them is really good. So I, I love Adrian, uh, Yanez. Honestly, I think he's incredibly. Uh, incredible, he's one of the top prospects in the game, in my opinion. Um, all that being said, dude, I also think Davey Grant is extremely underrated uh he he fought uh chito vera very well and uh i i think he's very good i i don't like this line i i'll i'll in with this i do like uh adrian to win this fight but i do not like the price that it's at so yeah um i could see davy you know causing some problems obviously uh yana did a great job overcoming the first round of, of randy costa last time i know there's a it's a different style of of fight but uh Davey is underrated and Davey is, is, is very good. He's very skilled. He's very scrappy. He's got good wins. He just beat, uh, uh, Pedro, uh, you guys don't call him Pedro, uh, Martinez, Jonathan Martinez. He's good. He's good. So I, agree. I like Yanez, but I don't like the price. I'll be honest with you.
3: I agree. Like I watch Davy Grant, Kenny, he's as tough as they come. He has a lot of skills. And oftentimes I ask myself, like, do I want to walk to the window and bet against this guy? Right. He's got cardio, um, ran into the Cheeto Vera buzzsaw, obviously back in June. Um, but a couple recent knockouts for dangerous Davey Grant bonuses in three straight good matchmaking at 135 pounds. Can flow Giannis Grant, which way you go?
2: I I agree with a a lot of what James said. I think Giannis has tremendous potential. Uh, We've seen his striking. Uh, He can strike at a very high level. I think he is one of the premier counter-strikers in his division. And I think he's a guy that will be fighting for the belt for sure. Uh, So I, I think he's got a huge advantage on the feet. But Davey Grant is one of those guys who just won't go away. He is Tough as nails. I also think he's kind of a problem on the ground as well. If he's able to hit those takedowns, he's got a pretty decent uh, body lock takedown, decent wrestling up against the fence. That's where Davey Grant likes to be. He throws a lot of knees and elbows from that position in tight, uh, uses his length very well. And if he gets you on the ground, you could be in trouble. He's dangerous, dangerous both with his grounded pound and his submissions. However, I think Adrian will find a way to get back to his feet, stop those takedowns. Um, and he's also a guy that tends to build as the fight goes on. Um, he gets himself momentum, finds his rhythm like a lot of intelligent fighters, and then he just kind of owns you. I don't know if he's going to own Davy Grant necessarily, but yeah. I do like Giannis here to get the win. You should put that
3: breakdown on your demo reel, by the way. I thought that one was particularly <laughs> good. All right. Women's flyweight division. We got a couple instances on this fight card in which the lower ranked fighter is – Favored ninth ranked Tyler santos minus 310 joanne calderwood number six in the world plus 245 santos has won three in a row james 18 and one overall the only pro loss in her ufc debut by split decision uh and on the other side jojo just got married which maybe is neither here nor there she is take out alternated. the
2: calder take out the calder that's right just Wood. yeah I oh that's, what good. that's good that's good yeah i didn't think of yeah. that that's good
3: so uh, really- what do you have for us uh, on this one? Like anybody who's named James, I'm resisting the temptation to call you Jimmy because I'm afraid you're going to come through the screen because no one ever calls you Jimmy. But I'm all about like Jimmy. shorthand and casual and Listen, uh, you
0: call me whatever you want. You call God. me whatever you want. God. All right.
3: Well, James, you call me whatever, what do
0: you- you want, whatever you want, Joe. <laughs> so, uh, what
3: do you So what do you have for us on, on Calderwood plus 245 here against the three to one favorite Tyler Santos?
0: Uh this this fight is a lot like the the Grants and Giannis fight to me. I mean, this is this is a fight that Santos should win and uh in my opinion it's probably the the more complete fighter here. I think she has more ways to win. Uh I think, you know, she can obviously strike with Calderwood, but like I think there's a big advantage in the wrestling and the ground uh, de- uh department. But I think the price is I think it's too expensive. I don't I yeah. don't I, it's not I don't think it's priced accurately. I, I think you know, I, I don't. I don't see. It kind of pisses me off to be honest with you. <laughs> I just don't see. I don't see where they're coming up with these prices at. But they make it just. They put it just enough to where it's it's too much. You know what I mean? Uh, all that being said, I mean I feel like Santos has more ways to win. Santos is the is the is the better, more complete fighter in my opinion. But I don't. I don't think the lines on. I think it's off. I think it's overpriced. And I, I think Calderwood has a better shot of winning this than what Vegas is giving her.
3: Yeah, I agree. Kenny, again, I write down the odds before I go to DraftKings or Oddshark.com wherever I'm going. And I wrote minus 180 for Tyler Santos, and I was way off. She's minus 310 here. Calderwood,
0: Calderwood at 200, two-ish. Right. Two, right. I mean, we were close, you know, yeah. like uh, even maybe a little bit, 225 maybe.
3: Right. So, Kempflo JoJo Wood, JoJo Calderwood out of Scotland – Dropped a split decision to Lauren Murphy at UFC 263 in June. Had she won that fight, she probably would have already fought Valentina Shevchenko for the title. Um, what do you think about her here against uh, Tyla Santos?
2: Yeah, listen, I, I th- again, James uh, does a great breakdown here. I, I think that the other thing for people to be aware of is just Santos and her athleticism. You know, everything she does, she's pretty sharp with. She's um, a little bit more powerful, a little faster. And I, I think she does everything a little bit better than than JoJo. Unfortunately, I, I think JoJo can can pose some problems here and there. I, I think she's very tough, um, but I, I don't know. I, I think she needs to stay extremely disciplined and extremely sharp to win these rounds against Santos, who really I think is a handful here in this fight. So uh, I like Santos here as well. Is she as good
3: a stepmom as JoJo though, Ken Flo? I mean- no. No, all right.
2: obviously not.
3: No. I got to get my Tyler Santos card behind me before I get in trouble. If she's <laughs> a mother, I apologize. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. At Bantamweight, boys, a pick fight right now. Ronnie Yaya, minus 210, or minus 110, excuse me, against Kyung Ho Kong, minus 110 as well. So this fight got pulled a few hours before it was to happen in July after Yaya tested positive for COVID 19. But how about Yaya on paper, right? Fought a jungle fight two back in the day. Pro debut was in two thousand two. Fought seven times in the WEC. Now this is his nineteenth UFC fight. Never been finished in the UFC or the WEC. Eight two and one spanning his last eleven. Interesting matchup here for Yaya James against Kyung Ho Kong. How do you cap it?
0: I, I got to tell you, uh, Yaya Ronnie Yaya has won me a lot of money. And uh, <laughs> what I lo- what I love about him is his. And I, I don't feel like. I don't feel like he gets enough credit for this. And it's when I, when we, we talked about this, what I look for to, to, to place bets on, if we're talking about strictly betting perspective, I look for consistency and uh, I try to avoid guys with high danger factor. And Yaya is one of those guys that he typically, uh, if, if, you know, if you're playing Madden or whatever, or the EA sports, he's like, he's good everywhere. He can hang everywhere with everyone. And then his danger factor is like, poof. You know what I mean? Like his, his grappling is elite level. And like, you know, people, we, we use that a lot. Like he's got good grappling. He's got black belt. This guy's grappling is elite level, man. Like it's, he can grapple with anybody in that division he, and he's super, super dangerous. He attacks legs. Well, he attacks arms. Well, he's got good chokes. I mean, he's a guy that can finish you anywhere on the ground. If that makes sense. Even. Yeah. Standing, I love it. You know it. what I mean? Like he's just super, super dangerous. So anytime that I get, I get a guy, like, especially a Vegas is saying, Hey, these two guys are even, but one of these guys has a way bigger danger factor. I typically like to lean that way.
3: Very interesting. Ken Kyung Ho Kong. I know you remember this because you got that steel trap between the ears. UFC debut against Alex Caceres, UFC on Fuel TV, Silva versus Stan, Tokyo, Japan, 2013. We called that fight. Um, military service is part of the narrative on Kong didn't compete at all. 2015, 16, 17 mandatory military service in South Korea. Um, now he has momentum. He's won three in a row. Hasn't competed in a while. Last two wins by split decision. Kyung Ho Kong, Ronnie Yaya, Ken Flo, Who do you have?
2: Listen, I think he's dangerous on the feet. Um, I, I do. I think he can be difficult to deal with. He could definitely win this fight, but, Uh, I'm with James here. I think Yaya can really be a problem here. If he's able to get this one to the ground, I I think he's got a nice uh, takedown game up against, The fence for a jiu-jitsu guy i think he's very tenacious when he gets in that high crotch position with the crackdown he's very good from that position has an excellent as a a series of front chokes that can cause problems for anyone out there no matter what your experience level is in brazilian jiu-jitsu he truly is elite as james said and uh i like yaya here it's tough because we haven't seen him as often as i would like but um yeah let's let's go with ronnie All right, co-main event, a big fight at
3: 170 pounds. 14th-ranked Sean Brady is the favorite, minus 150. Number six, Michael Chiesa, plus 130. James, we'll need the round and the method of victory for the record. Tough fight to cap here between Brady, who is undefeated, and Michael Chiesa, who is making a quick turn. Who do you have?
0: I don't know if I could give you guys a pick on this one. <laughs> I
3: don't that, That's okay. So let's just, 2022 I'll, when the new scoring system is revealed, you may not have that choice. So you can take that okay, choice okay. now.
0: Okay. Um, so when I look at this fight, these guys are very, very similar. And I think that Brady has a, has an advantage on the feet. I think he is the better striker for sure. Uh, I do, however, think that Kiesa is a better grappler, and this is my problem. Is is like I can't remember who, who was Brady's last fight.
3: I can look that okay. up for you. Is it Cody? Jake?
0: Jake? Uh, Jake
3: Matthews?
2: Jake Matthews? Sorry. Yes.
0: Jake Jake Matthews got him down at one point, and Brady did a really, really good job of using deep half guard to get up. He's got a really good. I'm. I'm a huge fan of both of these guys, by the way. Brady's got a really good deep half guard system that he uses to get back up. And I like it a lot. That's not happening against Michael Chiesa though. Like when Chiesa gets you down, very few people get up. Very few people get up. And I can just, I can see, I can see this fight playing out so many different ways and my brain is really scrambled on how to pick this, right? If this fight turns into a grappling match, which Sean typically likes to grapple. I do, however, think if this turns into a grappling match that, that, at, that favors Kiesa. If he keeps it striking, I think it favors Brady. Here's what I'm gonna say To me, this fight is a pick 'em fight. Like, this is a toss up 50 50 fight. So, from, from a perspective of who am I picking to win, I'm not gonna give you guys an answer because, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Uh, but from a betting perspective, if I have this fight at a pick 'em, anytime there's a pick 'em fight, you always wanna lead towards the plus money, right? Yeah. And that plus money is on is on Kiesa. And that's I, I don't I I guys I very rarely am like this is a true 50-50 fight, and I don't know where to lean. But I can tell you guys right now that's where I'm at with it. I, I really yeah. don't know who's gonna win this. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh literally one day, like when you sent me the you sent me the email of the matchups, right? And, and I was like, Okay, I'm I'm leaning, I'm leaning Kiesa, like just barely, 10% leaning kiesa. And then I looked at it again today, and I was like, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards Brady today. And I'm like, why the hell did you switch? I, I can't tell you why. I have no idea why. <laughs> so it's a really James, tough one for me. James, yeah. I'm
2: just going to say this. If you don't pick, the fans are going to be all over I, you, man. They're going to be all over you.
3: I think for the record, he probably took Kiesa, but we'll uh, – Okay. Yeah, I mean I, – I,
0: I, I had. No, that's not true. That's not true. I, I, I listen. Well, okay. Well, we're talking about betting. If we're talking about betting. You got you got to go Kiesa. Okay. You have to go Kiesa because he's plus money. You have to. Right, so right. if you guys are putting a gun in my head, saying I have to pick who am I going to bet on, the answer is Kiesa. That doesn't mean I'm thinking that he's going to win the fight, though. I truly think this is a coin flip fight. I really do. Right. And uh, I, I mean if you're if you're gunning my head, you got to go plus yeah. money here because it's yeah. it's a 50-50 fight.
3: So we've actually solicited opinions from the listeners as to how to structure the main event challenge. You know, if you guys should just get money and can spend it so you would have the opportunity to avoid picking a fight like this. So, uh, Florian podcast on social media, if, uh, Florian pod, actually, if, uh, if you have opinions on that, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the way you'd approach a handicap, right? If it's a pick and fight, you're getting 40 cents of value essentially on Michael Chiesa. Ken Flo, Sean Brady is an interesting case here and a lot of people are excited to see him get this step up in competition 14 and 0 overall 4 0 in the UFC submitted Jake Matthews last time out that was UFC 259 in March was booked against Kevin Lee in both July and August foot infection forced him out of that second meeting and now he gets the biggest matchup of his career at least on paper Sean Brady Michael Chiesa Ken Flo you know the drill who do you have
2: listen um J- James is correct in that this is the trickiest fight on the card for me this this is a really difficult one to pick Um, I think that Kiesa can pose a lot of problems for Sean. I think Sean's good on the ground. I I do. Um, We're going to find out how good he is, I I think, this weekend. I think Kiesa, if he's able to slow the game down, if he's able to get his underhooks, pin those shoulders, Sean Brady uh, may find that he's in for a very long night. However, if Sean is able to get to his positions, keep it moving, you know, uh, be successful in the transition, then, you know, Brady can make Kiesa uncomfortable, can make him tired, you know, keep it on the feet, beat up his legs a little bit. I think that's what Sean needs to do here is try to beat up those legs from Kiesa, you know, uh, because he is going against a rangier fighter. Uh, in Mike now, Kiesa might not be the best striker in the world, but um, he's not horrible, and he he can be awkward and, and difficult to deal with on the feet. So I think Brady's best bet is try to beat up those legs, slow down Kiesa, and uh, win those transitions. I think Brady, for me, as far as from what I've seen on the ground, uh, is most dangerous when he gets that top position. How how much will we see him in that top position? I don't know. I don't see him necessarily taking Kiesa down consistently. Maybe there's a transition or a counter that he hits, but I don't know. I I, I think that we're, we're going to find a lot out about Brady. We just haven't seen as much from him as we have from Kiesa, of course. Uh, Kiesa, um, you know, sometimes himself can be inconsistent and in, in how he goes out there and, and executes his game plan. So this is a, a very difficult one to pick i will go with brady here um uh, but again this is this is a tight one but let's go with sean let's go I with really sean hope. by let's go with sean by decision i hope we get Yeah, i see don't see
0: this track. by getting finished
1: yeah
2: yeah all right main event women's
3: bantamweight division number eight misha tate minus 115 seventh ranked ketlin vieta minus 105 slightly to the underdog so Tate returned from her four plus year retirement, as you guys know, with much fanfare that was back in July. Stop. Marion Renault was supposed to fight Vieta in October. Misha got COVID-19 little delay. She's healthy now uh, and could be a win or two away from a title shot. Essentially a pick fight. James Krause. I thought Misha would maybe be a little bit more of a favorite. Um, yeah. How do you think she fares against Ketlin Vieda? Uh,
0: I I, I, I want to lean, I want to lean Misha on this one. Uh, Kellen in the past, has shown she's had some difficulty dealing with the takedowns, uh, especially on the fence. And, I mean, that just seems to be right up Misha's alley. You know what I mean? I think these girls are very even in, in skill, but I think stylistically Misha, uh, Misha matches up very well with her. Um, and, and I think she is the better grappler on top. It's going to be on – if Misha gets on top, you know, she's I – don't, I don't see either one of these girls subbing the other. Uh, but I think what could happen is Misha gets on top wears Vieira uh, down a little bit and then you know cr- uh, cruises to a decision but this is five rounds I could see a submission in there somewhere I don't see a TKO or anything uh, yeah, my guess would be a decision on either side of this but I, I do I do feel like that that Misha is gonna wear on the takedowns uh, and uh, especially on the fence you know like I said Vieira just shown in the past that she's had some difficulty with dealing with that so um, I like Misha here. Uh, I like Misha here. The, I still, I, I will say this. The time off, everybody's like, oh, she came back and fought Marion, you know, did really well. That's not what we're dealing with here, though. Stylistically, Misha is like a nightmare matchup for Marion. Marion's comfortable being on her back. Her
1: right. wrestling
0: is not up to par. is going to be a little bit tougher of a test. And I got to be honest, in, in my opinion, I kind of just nixed that fight because I think Misha is such a good matchup for her. I, I, I still want to see about the time off. I think we could see that come to come to play here now. If she beats Vera, I think I'm I'm convinced. I'm ready to rock with right. you know. So right. uh, I'm going to lean Misha though. I think she's just a, a tough stylistic matchup.
3: Kenfo, Ketlin Vieta missed weight for her last fight, a unanimous decision loss to Yana Kunitskaya in February. Uh, your thoughts on the main event coming up Saturday night at the old uh,
2: UFC Apex there? I think, I think Vieira um, has some potential. I, I think she's pretty well-rounded, but I, I think Misha's a very tough matchup for her. I think Misha is going to be the better grappler here, a better wrestler anyway, which I think it will come down to that. I think it's going to come down to the wrestling. And I think it's going to come down to the experience factor where Misha, of course, uh, has her in that department. She's been in a lot of big fights I don't think we saw, you know, a, a Misha that was like, you know, came with all these new skills or anything like that. Uh, given the the layoff, I was very impressed, mostly with her mental attitude heading into the fight and how focused and how present she was during the fight. And she did all the right things that she needed to do to win that fight. And that said, I have to assume we're going to continue to see that, uh, you know, solid mental approach from Misha. And I think we're going to see even more of her skills in this fight. So I I like her here. You know, I I didn't love the Aldana fight for Ketlin Vieira. You know, I think she definitely exposed some weaknesses there. I think the Yana Kanitskaya I think we saw some more from Vieira that, you know, um, you know, brought her stock down just a little bit. And I think Misha's the one, um, you know, who's going to take advantage of those those weaknesses that we saw in those fights. So I like Misha here. I'm not sure we'll see a fit, a, 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 fi- a finish here either. Uh, but I do like Misha here. Let's go with uh, by decision.
3: All right, Misha Tate, by decision is the pick for Ken Flo. James, I don't even want to ask if your wheels up somewhere this weekend in a couple of days. No.
0: I'm good. Hey. I literally, what's crazy is I literally just I was I was home for three minutes. I landed, got straight into my car, drove here. I was home for three minutes before I put these headphones on and got on, this got guy. a guy, I
3: mean, what a guy! Well, uh, next time we'll give you an extra ten minutes. But we thank you, we appreciate you on Dang. social media. You can find more from this handsome man at the James Krause. Congrats on a big weekend, buddy! And uh, we're off next Monday, but we'll talk to you in two weeks.
0: Perfect. Thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all.
3: Awesome. There he is. Happy Thanksgiving, James Krause. Focus, presence, right? You talk about these things, and I mentioned those words with Colby Covington and the Kamar Usman fight, right, after round two. Like, if you're not totally present in that moment and hell-bent on winning a, a world championship, you know, maybe one ounce of you's looking for a way out. And say what you want about Colby Covington. Some have been critical, Henry Sahudo and others, that he wasn't really there to win and didn't get aggressive enough. But he's certainly not looking for a way out.
2: You know, no, not at all, man. And that's so important. Again, those are the kind of things that come with big fight experience, which is, which is huge in this sport. And I think often overlooked. Yeah.
3: All right, AnikFlorianPodcast.com for your merchandise needs if you like my Ray Longo Minute T-shirt. I mean, we'd prefer you buy the stuff that doesn't say logo, but you got to check out Matt Serra on the Ray Longo Fight Team sweatshirt. Ally Quinta has made seven purchases already. You can't get enough. Uh, <laughs> but we appreciate every last one of you uh, for checking in. Ken Flo, what, what's your next obligation? You going back to the mountains this weekend to do recreational drugs?
2: <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, uh, let's see. I'm chilling this week, man. We got some, yeah. some work going on here at the house. Got the kids right. are, are running all over the place. I saw oh, Was well, that your
3: daughter who walked in during the podcast? Yes. Yeah. The next exactly. time, I put her on camera. You know, <laughs> oh, man. We need she would love that.
2: She would love that.
3: Yeah. Misha Tate, by the way, was plus 115 or so at open against Marion Renault and closed closer to minus 190. So food for wow. thought. I can almost guarantee you if uh, – if you're betting on Misha Tate, you want to get in now as opposed to uh, later in the week. All right. Thanks to Longo, uh, however curmudgeonly. Thanks to James Krause for joining us for the Main Event Challenge. Our executive producer is Cody Merrow. Thank you all for listening, for watching. Um, I guess we're supposed to tell you to hit that subscribe button and tell your friends. It's not our style. But thank you in advance for getting the word out. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Happy Thanksgiving. For Ken Flo, I'm John Annick you later.